0: All aboard! You're listening
1: to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your weekly podcast all about exalted. I'm your host Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles. Help! And Jim. How's it going? What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) We're back. The three of us are back. And Charles is actually speaking this week, and I maybe shouldn't. But (laughs) I'm going to anyway. I thought about starting the show off with like... Welcome to the deliberative,
2: but your weekly podcast. That's all good. About you soccer. should actually record some stuff before you get better. Like that's yeah, really that's good. Right. That's right. In a world where yeah,
1: where yeah, Charles pretty- is actually popular. <laughs> Whoa, man! That's even beyond the realm okay, of fantasy and sci-fi. Come on, oh, that's oh, oh. too specifically hey, hurtful. Speaking of Charles, speaking of things that are really popular and that involve you. Uh, how did this? We were gonna ask you last week, but you were so microbe filled. Uh, how did your trip out to see like the five other people who play um, that that <laughs> card game you play? How, how did that go? What? Wait, hold on. That's Netrunner, right? Yeah. Yes. You but... went to play some Netrunner. So tell us, tell us a little bit about how you did and and uh, how that went. Okay. That, f- were the other couple of guys? Were they okay? First off, like, there cool? were
2: a little over four hundred people there. You douche. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> No, like it, it was a lot people? of fun. Um, it was out in Minnesota, like in the middle of kind of an industrial district. There wasn't much around. It um, was like a shed then. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was a lot of fun. It, there was a fan event on Thursday and then the two um, pre-qualifying days from Friday and Saturday with the final day being on day two. And since the license is ending in October, they were just handing Uh out, yeah, very upsetting. Um, They were handing out a bunch of uh, extra cards and stuff every round that you played. But they were some of the cards that are very rare that sell for a couple hundred dollars on eBay. And the whole time I'm just like, they're like destroying the secondhand Netrunner market by doing this.
1: (laughs) I guess my question is, if it's a living card game, where you just buy all the cards mm-hmm. in like a pack. How in the world are there any
2: rare how is there any rare Because they come up with like full bleed alt arts for Gen Con and Worlds every uh, year? Okay. So yeah. they're there are ones that you only Only get by attending certain events. And if you don't get them, then, you know, some people don't care about alt art cards. So they sell them on eBay. And some of them go for, I kid you not, like $200 a piece. It's pretty ridiculous. Did you put yours up for sale like immediately upon receiving them? (sighs) No, I kept them because I really do just love the game that much. I really do. And I want the cool looking cards. I would want the couple of hundred dollars. (laughs) Well I did I did trade I I traded a lot of cards that I have extra copies of for ones that I didn't have any copies of. So I I left very happy with the way things turned out. Also at the end of the day, I I aimed to win four games out of fourteen, because it was seven rounds of two games each round. And shooting for the low end of mediocrity. (laughs) I I know my skill level. I'm an average skilled player, and I was at Worlds, so I was yeah yeah yeah, sure. So at four games, that was where I could win the one prize that I wanted—a couple of plastic alt art cards—and I ended up going officially seven and seven because me and my last opponent split because he wanted all the prizes, and I wasn't gonna. I wasn't going to screw him out of getting the stuff that he wanted. Right. Um, Unofficially, I went 8 and 6. He actually conceded one of his games to me in that round. So, yeah. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad I went. It was expensive. But, I mean, it was like five days of nothing but hanging out with people who play Netrunner. I met a lot of people that I've only known through the Slack channel. It was a lot of fun that's cool well congrats on going you know
1: essentially unofficially double your mediocrity uh,
2: expectations so yeah
1: you make it sound so bad (laughs) when you say it that way yeah Yeah, well that's cool man well awesome but i'm glad to be back yeah absolutely glad to have you back and uh, somehow you communicated your disease to me even though we weren't in the same physical space computer viruses man well, and also, I think you were just, you were just that rotten-ass that, sick. Uh, I blame the Brits. <laughs> uh, as do we all. Yes. Yeah. So, very cool. Well, all right, guys. Uh, before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, we do want to say thank you to a new Patreon subscriber. Thank you very much, Robert L., for joining the team, helping us out. Teamwork and, uh, makes a
2: dream work.
1: <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah. So thank mm-hmm. you very much. And uh, if you haven't thought about uh, giving to our Patreon yet, please consider doing so so that we can, uh, so bill out some pretty cool stuff that we've got in the works, thinking about trying to improve the quality of what we do and the amount and quality of the stuff that we can communicate or that we can share with the community contribute to the community. So, uh, if you haven't thought about doing that, uh, come on over any, any little bit helps. So thank you very much, uh, Robert L. All right. So this week we have been asked several times by, Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm getting <laughs> way ahead
2: of myself. Way ahead You're of way myself. too excited about this feature discussion. <laughs> I am. I really am. So, uh,
1: spoiler alert. I almost said what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so let's, let's, let's go back for just a second. We've got some news to talk about. In the news this week, we had White Wolf. Well, I guess it was White Wolf and not Onyx Path, but White Wolf dumped a whole bunch of art packs, and resource packs, and other kinds of things like that for the Storytellers Vault onto the. Well, I was going to say drive-through RPG because it looks just like it, but it's actually StorytellersVault.com, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, you can go there, and you can get a copy of their Exalted Storytellers uh, Vault Style Guide, uh, which we grabbed a hold of. This we week. we know how
2: you feel about style guides, Corey. <laughs> I do love style yeah. guides. I I
1: just think that they're necessary. You got to get people all on the same page when you're trying to build something out. So yeah, I'm glad that they that that was the first thing that they released. That that's that's pretty stand up right there. And, and then a bunch of these uh, art packs and resource kits. So did you guys did you guys get a chance to grab these up? I did not. Loser. <laughs> uh, Jim, I know you and I, we picked up some of this stuff. Wh- which ones, do did, did, did you have time to look through some of them? Which ones were the coolest in your um, opinion? I
3: didn't get a chance. I did download everything, you know, because I can't pass up something that's free in case I ever need it. So, I went ahead and downloaded right. everything. I did read the um, the style guide, and I do like that they kind of explain the feel of each edition. Like what they are, right. you know, what the overall feel is. Like if you're going to write something for a second, it needs to kind of fall in these guidelines. And then third edition, it actually says that it kind of harkens back to the first edition a little bit. And, uh, you know, they actually mention magic tech in there they said you right. know um, cuz you were wondering where that went and we talked to Eric about that and he was saying right. that evocations kind of pick up some of that stuff yeah. but um i do like the art packs uh some of them uh really cool artwork uh but i wish it was i think there was a lot more black and white than i would wanted to see but um yes yeah, and i really wanted to see some some third edition stuff, but I believe that stuff's going to have to come from Onyx Path. But
2: it looks like they have White the Wolf probably third edition had... templates. Do they? Yeah. Where are those at? Were they up there? They're there now. Like I'm, I'm getting it as we speak. <laughs> oh. oh, well. Yeah. See,
3: this stuff came out like I think it was like two or three days ago. The only thing I could find was the ex, the the manual, and I was like, well, we got a little bit to talk about this weekend, you know, and uh, yeah. Then I was, then the next day, it's like White Wolf said, Hey, we got all this stuff on the shelf. Here, take this. And like just uploaded everything. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And,
1: and, I, and some of that's a little, it's a little misleading because, you know, we've come, each, each edition has its own sort of look and feel, right? You know, when you go back to second edition, for example, you have all of these, um, page borders and uh, black and white artwork and all that kind of stuff that was very much a part of 2nd Edition. Right. But then when you're looking at, like, the resource packs on the Storyteller's Vault, you'll have, like, you know, it says Alchemicals Resource Pack, Dragonblood Resource Pack,
2: and it uses the Exalted 3rd Edition logo on the cover of the resource pack. I was just going to say, I'm looking at those now, and it's, like, kind of confusing, actually. It's very, very much 2nd Edition. Like, they're... There is not any third edition
1: looking stuff there, right? So, <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, that was a little disappointing to me because, you know, I I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who want to make new stuff for first edition and second edition who just for whatever reason, they never got into third or just are waiting until it gets more mature or something like that. But I think most people are wanting to, uh, you know, make stuff for the the current edition of the game. And so I would rather have seen... Uh, a big group of uh, page backgrounds and stuff like that, 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 you know, echo the third edition book. And, and I don't know, maybe it's there now, I don't, but it wasn't there when I was looking through it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Like fonts and all that kind of so things that things that help you make something that looks like a third edition product. That's what I would most want to see. Right. So, and maybe this uh, stuff's
3: trickling in, you know, like day by day. Right. And, and you know, we know
1: we, one of our uh, one of our listeners, Chris McPeak, who has sent us the Flamekin artifact uh, oh, last week, a couple weeks ago. So good, uh, yeah, so good. And, and he does it to where it looks exactly like mm-hmm. one of the third edition like core books or whatever. And he sent us another thing this week, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And uh, so, Chris, if you're listening, tell us how to tell us how to do what you did, like. <laughs> Like, how did you make that stuff? How make so, so good? <laughs> yeah, so absolutely third edition, perfect. I would love to. I'd love to 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 hear that. So, so yeah. But uh, but if you're one of those people out there, you you just been waiting for the storyteller's vault for exalted to come out, and you just chomping at the bit to get your stuff out, and you mostly want second edition and first edition, first edition art assets, then uh, man, you are just it's Christmas for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so go out and pick that stuff up. All right. Well, cool. Well, now, got a little taste before. You started to get your engines revved up. (laughs) You're you're ready. (laughs) Ready for the discussion. And we pulled the tablecloth right out from under you. I'm going to mix all kinds of metaphors here. Yeah. And, uh, And so now, walk into the operating theater. Of our minds as we get into our discussion for what? this week. I, I, I am just try to cram <laughs> as many, as many like metaphor things in there. All right. So we've been asked several times since we started the show. Actually, since like episode zero, I think. Uh, to fire. talk about <laughs> to talk about artifact design. And but but since it's such a big subject, we've yeah. always kind of steered away from it. We thought, oh, at some point we're definitely going to talk about how to build artifacts and building different stuff, you know, ideas for all of that. And we finally came up with a way to do it, which is to just limit the scope of it to like essentially like a singularity of like this thing. We're just going to talk about this. So this week we're just going to be talking about two dot artifacts, which I mean, I, this is my favorite kind of place, right? The two-dot artifacts are potentially character and story-defining little guys that often get overlooked as people are racing to check out the newest Diclave or Warstrider or five-dot armor or whatever. But the two-dot artifacts fit solidly in what I like to call the immovable rod. There it is. If the the immovable rod made its way... (laughs) From Dungeons and Dragons to Exalted,
2: you know I want to know how like... many episodes of this show you have mentioned the Immovable Rod. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think don't just it's like, awesome ten times. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, it, I just love it. I love it, and you know, I, I guess we could turn it into a drinking game. Every
2: time Corey says "Immovable Rod," mm. take a drink. <laughs> um, don't do yes. that; it would be unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> of Coke. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I wish I had some Coke right now. My kids <laughs> drank it all. Um, so, anyway. Immovable Rod. I definitely think Immovable Rod would be a two-dot artifact if it made the jump to, uh, oh, to yeah. Exalted. Well, because it doesn't Although, have, like,
2: extra powers or anything.
1: It has It has crazy powers,
2: man. It has one yeah, power it, that is very versatile. <laughs> <laughs> one, it doesn't move. That's it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Push the button,
1: doesn't move. Push it again, now you can move it. It's amazing what you can do with all that. Though. It's a shelf. That's what it could, is. If you had enough of them, you could literally build a castle in the clouds. Okay? Okay?
2: <laughs> that would be the most expensive
1: castle ever. <laughs> Look, I feel like if you're the kind of like, oh. auto- uh, uh, you know, whatever, ruler, autocrat that can afford to build a castle in the clouds, you can afford to, to make its bricks out of immovable rods.
3: What happens when? What happens when an immovable rod gets struck by an unstoppable hammer? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is why we have doomsday clocks, my yeah. <laughs> friend.
1: It's counting down to the moment when that happens. So yeah. All right. So so let's let's just kind of go through uh, two dot artifacts. A lot of a lot of potential here. A lot of potential because you can you can build some like very useful gizmo. That it, it doesn't have to, like, bring your enemies to their knees or anything like that. But it's just something really useful, really cool that when you pull it out and use it, you're like, man, I'm awesome.
2: Yeah, and it's not going to, like, this. hijack the show or derail anything you have planned.
1: Show? Yeah. Uh Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, all of Charles' uh, role-playing <coughs> games are in theater format. That's right. That's the way we like to do them. Don't Welcome steal the, the show. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Alright, so, uh, so Charles, why don't you walk us through wh- what we've got, our, our examples that we've got in the core book of Two Dot Artifacts.
2: Well, there aren't many. <laughs> True that. Uh, there are four. Four what? glory... What? Yeah, what? What? No, but uh, I think they're each... Uh, How many varied... thousands of pages do you want that book to be? Oh, goodness gracious, yeah. No, I, I was just going <laughs> to say they are varied enough where I think it gives you a good idea of the scope and general utility yeah. that that they're sure. supposed to fit in so for instance there's there's one that's a collar that keeps you clean and gives you like a small boost to withstanding diseases and poisons um there's a, yeah. a hearthstone amulet you know basically just like if you don't want to slot a hearthstone into your weapon or whatever um you can put it or there. you don't have a weapon or, that exactly exactly yeah
1: because some hearthstones have to be active like they have to be slotted in order to work. Right. So you would have to have something at least like a Hearthstone amulet to get that going.
2: Um, there's a traveler's staff, which grows into a fruit tree and can supply firewood, which is awesome. Yeah,
1: that is very... And then, like, you can take, like, a, just a chunk of, like, a branch, and then that's the new traveler's staff going forward. You know, so, it like, you just, like, pick off a piece. Ugh. It reminds me of that... Uh, so cool. It reminds me of that thing. Uh, you know, we've we've mentioned Glass Cannon a couple of times, and and uh, the the guys in Glass Cannon they have a, an artifact that's very similar to this, where they plant it in the ground and it grows like fruit that can either be cure moderate wounds fruit or uh, restoration fruit or something like that. what the uh, what do they call it? The sapling rod, sapling yeah. rod, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a typical kind of D anD D sort of artifact. So I think that's very very cool. One of the coolest things. A lot of
2: use you can get from that. And then there are also these cool yasol crystals. Oh. yeah.
1: And you had said that they were kind of like pokeballs, I think. Yeah, and sort
2: of something like that. Yeah.
1: And I, I I think of it. I don't know if you ever played the uh, you guys are you know maybe you don't have kids at the age to do it, but you guys ever play any uh, Skylanders? No, nah. N- nope. Okay, well, I think it was like the
2: heck to the no. (laughs) no.
1: I think it was like the third expansion for that was uh, called Trap Team, and you could you could buy these little traps. They're like little crystals, and you would slot them into the the portal base, right? And if you if you trap this thing, and you could trap any enemy in the game, you trap it into the crystal, and then it stays in that crystal because of the way the game works. You know, it actually like physically puts information into these little uh, toys and whatnot. And then whenever you wanted to, you could slot that crystal back into the base and have access to those powers. Right. Huh? And so it's extremely similar to this. Yasol crystal cause you trap like a spirit or a ghost or something like that. Elemental. You could trap it into this, uh, this crystal. And then if you've like made a deal with the thing, you can actually use its power by, by holding the crystal. So you could use their charms uh, as if you were the thing which i just think is amazing that is pretty neat yeah that's probably the coolest one from the core book to be honest oh no just the cause... uh
2: traveler staff is the coolest one yeah
1: traveler staff is cool but the yes all crystal is like it's got the most it's got the most varied utility it has you know?
2: the most unknown utility too
1: well it's true you you, you know you got to make it happen Although you could probably convince your storyteller to let you start the game with like a specific spirit trapped in there and then you'd have access to their powers. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, if I if I pay two dots of uh, merit points to get this artifact, are you going to let me go ahead and start with one already in there? Yeah, I guess so. You know, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> Ooh, your story storyteller's tra- voice is so
2: deep and gruff. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey guys welcome to the table yeah.
3: I, I, let, I let Billy start with a war strider so I guess you can have your ghost oh God <laughs> oh, goodness gracious I let Charles start with
1: a uh with a couple of uh, elementals already summoned since he took that spell when we played yeah um, that's true yeah when we played our dragon blood game all right, and what, and then so four of them. I mean, clearly they're not all equally useful. You got some that are like, and you got some that are like, you know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, a, a pretty good, pretty good spectrum of things. And then Arms of the Chosen has a few more. Jim, you want to
3: walk us through those? Yeah, in Arms of the Chosen, there is a brush that it's it's a really cool artifact because it will like move itself and like write down like what the. Um, owner is speaking and if there's several speaking people in the room it'll write down what each one is saying in a different color so oh, that you could cool. go back and read it and the uh owner can also tell the brush uh strike that person's um conversation <laughs> from the record and like yeah. you know their their words disappear off the page or or whatever <laughs> so that's really cool the, the court recorder paintbrush yeah <laughs>
1: Also reminds me for some reason of the peanut butter solution, although I think that the that's an old one. You guys ever watch (laughs) Peanut Butter Solution? Yeah, that is like ancient. About the dude dude who rubs peanut butter, like magic peanut butter on his skull and his hair grows really long, and when he cuts it, they make paintbrushes. (laughs) What
3: what the heck do you watch?
1: They they make paintbrushes out of his like magically grown long hair, and when he paints with it, it like makes a portal to another world. It's the craziest thing. Char- and, and like, why did he need to rub pe- pe- peanut butter on his head to grow his hair long? Oh, because one time he went into a, a old house and a ghost scared him and all his hair turned white and fell out. Charles,
3: I think he makes some <laughs> of this stuff up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I've seen that movie like a hundred times. I, Hang on, but you I don't, said
2: Charles makes his stuff up. To be clear, that was all no, Corey saying that. Yeah, he's he was just saying like Charles Corey
1: messes makes a bunch oh, of crap. Gotcha, up. Yeah,
2: gotcha. <laughs> yeah,
1: so uh, no, I, that's a that's a movie. People have seen it. Shout out if you've seen the Peanut Butter Solution. Anyway,
3: <laughs> stop saying it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it almost sounds like you're saying, saying it in the movie voice. The yeah. Peanut Butter Solution. Yeah. This
1: summer. A boy gets scared so that his hair falls out. <laughs> then a, then a ghost tells him the magic formula for peanut butter to grow hair. Actually, another character in the story takes the peanut butter and rubs. He's like, they're they're kind of like preteen, you know? And so this like boy, he's like, he gets this idea and he rubs peanut butter down below decks. And, uh, and his pubic hair grows so long that it's coming out the bottom of his pants.
3: Goodness gracious.
1: <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is an actual movie. Anyway. All right. Sorry little derailment
3: there let's 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 continue (laughs) i don't know if i can continue after that
1: (laughs) i can't go on (laughs) i
3: must go watch this movie now (laughs) yeah stop stop the recording i'll be back in a minute pump the brakes (laughs) Uh. okay the next artifact in the arms of the chosen is it's a clockwork bird that delivers messages and this is the two dot version. They also have a three dot version, and I think that has the attack capability. Yeah, that's right. So that's really cool if you haven't checked that out. Um,
2: then that sounds also- like the owl from uh, Clash of the Titans from back. Oh, in the I day. remember that. Yeah, a yeah. Bit. yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's that. That's a real good movie that. Didn't really age well. Like when it you watch it today. Did not. You're like, oh my <laughs> goodness. Somebody just yeah. played with some clay. And put, yeah. it on, <laughs> put it on the TV. Well, it wasn't
2: just anybody. Wasn't it like, wasn't the guy's name Harryhausen? Who's like the yeah, master of stop House. motion.
3: Yeah. It was good in its time. But yeah, it didn't age well. Maybe they need to. Did they do a remake of it? Yeah,
2: they did. And
3: it's not.
1: As long as you're looking for remake material. Peanut butter solution. Stop,
3: Corey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. All right, the next thing is the Lore Stone. And basically, this is like a... um, You can, like, spin some moats to access stored knowledge. And, like... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, um, I think, Corey, you described it as... Like Neo. Neo. Yeah, Neo. Yeah. Like, oh, I know Kung Fu, you know. I like. know Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very similar to that. Then we have the Lotus Blossom Cup, which is, um, this is basically has like uh, purification. Like you could right. put like mundane poisons and drugs and it'll like clean it up. Yeah. Then this was kind of cool. The Solar Seal, which is like the insignia ring. So you would like write something and you could use this to uh, basically decrypt the or encrypt the message or make it in such a way like they're like self-destructs. If the person they're like the intended recipient didn't get it. You remember those old invisible ink pens like you would give like one to your friend and you'd write it in invisible ink like send it to them and then they'd scribble over it and then the ink would pop or the message would pop up. So, yeah, that's the exalted version of that. It's for, to me,
1: it's like the uh, the message that explodes like five seconds after you read it. What was that on? Was that Get Smart? Mission Impossible. It was like, this message. No, I, thought, was it that? I thought it was Get Smart. It was like, this message will self-destruct in five seconds. Well, you, like, Get Smart and, is
2: a parody of Mission Impossible.
1: Yeah. I thought Mission Impossible was a parody of Get Smart since mm, it has the joke yeah. actor
2: in <gasps> there. Yeah. What a joke. Tom Cruise is a national treasure. He is Tom insane, is a joke. But he is a he great actor. He thinks aliens actor. are taking over his own uh, mind. No, no. Yeah, I mean, Personally, on. he's wackadoodle, <laughs> but his
1: movies are so good. Oh, we just totally alienated all of our, yeah, uh,
2: all of our fan base. And thank you for to listening to the last episode of the Deliberative Podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom
3: Cruise listens, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: okay. Yeah. He he's he's he sent a message in uh, this week. We'll listen to it in a minute. Yeah. know. <laughs>
3: Hey guys, been, been taking some time off jumping on couches just to tell you the spider (laughs) dot artifact. (laughs) Okay. So moving on the stone coffer, it's kind of like, what is this thing? This is like a, well, how would you describe it? Like a fire safe?
1: Yeah, that's what it is. It's just a fireproof
3: safe. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have this very cool, um, the ultimate useful, ultimately useful tube. I love it. It's like, yeah. All right. We're going to add a freaky name. So let's just call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a tube that can be used as a snorkel, a blowgun, and a staff. And it also yeah, creates awesome. poison. Poison and cure air. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's very cool. The final thing is called the winter breath jar. Now this is, you don't this think cool. how you don't think how useful this would be until you realize there are no refrigerators in the world of exalted yeah. Yeah. unless right. you have the winter breath jar which will right. keep anything put inside of it cold which Right. That's kind of cool. Um <laughs> cool.
1: <Hey. nice>. Mm.
3: <laughs> wow <Wah-wah. laughs>
1: Yeah, pretty neat. Pretty neat. It's uh it, it also kind of reminds me a little bit of my my old uh dream invention, the refrigerator waver. You know, I always thought it was you know, it was crazy we have this like microwave you could just put something in and put like 15 seconds and it gets hot. But if you want something to be cold, you got to stick it in the refrigerator for like hours, you know. Mhm. So, I was like, why don't we have something that you you put it in and you put 15 seconds and now it's cold like you want a coke that's cold you put it in. Boop, boop. They they have those. I know, they're called blast chillers. Bla- I, mean, I yeah. finally
3: I, I finally, yeah, I was they're telling prohibitively somebody you know,
1: expensive too. Yeah. And they're yeah, Super I know. massive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, we need people
3: to, we need people to put some, put some yeah, effort. You need someone design. to like scale that down so it can be in your, um, put one in the freezer in for your like kitchen. 30 minutes. No, wouldn't it be so cool to like take a cup of water and just like, you know, and it's like, Cool or yeah. frozen or whatever you want to do. It's called. Put, uh, I just put ice in your water, you monster. Yeah, oh, but so then you that. dilute the water, and it tastes like yeah. too much water.
2: Wait, wait hang on, hang on. Wait, wait. You dilute, dilute water. water with ice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me hold on. This this water a little too thick. Let me cut it with some ice. Yeah, that, science that was, has <laughs> taken a real hit in this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but if you if you got like a, a soft drink,
2: a soft drink, it it will. No,
1: I don't put ice Absolutely. in my soft
2: drinks either. No, of course not.
1: So if you come home with a with a hot two liter, I wish you could just put it in a in a refrigerator and just like, boop, boop, and then, just, and then like, boom, now you can pour it cold. That would be awesome. But I don't want a $30,000 blast chiller to be able to do it. So All yeah, right. but it'd be cool. You just have it side by side with your microwave. Microwave, refrigerator. Waver. It is boom. You're done. <laughs> refrigerator. So, or
2: a two dot artifact refrigerating jar. Holy
1: something cow. Something like that.
2: This... This Blast Chiller sells for $105,000. That's insane. That's just insane. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Although, I, mean, I did find one it. for $939. That's actually not that bad. I mean, I've that's act- not bad. I mean, I've that's expensive, in- but...
3: There I've actually go. installed a few of those. All right, we'll put the links for all this in the show notes. No, I'm just kidding. We won't. All right,
1: so... Uh- <laughs> So so all these artifacts that we've got examples for, I mean, clearly some of these are more interesting than others. Uh, Most people out there probably aren't getting the refrigerating jar. Most people probably aren't getting the uh, the 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 collar that keeps you clean or whatever. Uh, But some of them, I mean, I I think all of them deserve the, the two dot artifact rating because they are sufficiently magical, you know, so. Um, I mean, it's cool. It's cool that we have this, this spectrum of things to check out, to give us ideas, but our challenge, and I say challenge, not in the same way that we have previously, where we're going to like, well, next week we'll all come back with two artifacts. but we, we just, we decided we'd go ahead and make some two dot artifacts this week. So our challenge is to create something a little more akin to the ultimately useful tube or the traveler's staff. Uh, something that's that's going to be like really cool and interesting to use in a variety of circumstances and whatnot. And the artifact creation rules at the beginning of the Arms of the Chosen book really aren't going to help you here because those guidelines are primarily for building new weapons and evocations and things like that. So we're pretty much just having to use our imaginations when it comes to doing this. But that's also a little freeing, too, because you don't have to be so mechanically um, you know, savvy to build something that's going to be in balance. You can just kind of think of a cool idea, give it like a little, like maybe a tiny bit of mechanical impact and then set it free. And that's a two dot artifact. So, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's definitely easier to make these than it is to make other things. So what, uh, what did you guys come up with? I came up with a really cool one. Um, but I don't know. Do anybody else want to go first with theirs or you want me to just jump right in? I'll go with mine do uh, it i'm gonna Jeez. do it so um, aggressive well now that i got this voice i just have to yeah. use it
3: <laughs> well my artifact which now that we've gone through the ones in the book mine's a little similar but not the same as the collar that charles mentioned right. that keeps you clean and gives you some disease-ridden poison resistance mine is more along the lines of appearance uh, so okay. it's, it's called the Cloak of the Monarch. And the cloak is like, it's made of the highest quality. It would be considered a fine piece of attire just, just within itself. But it's the power that's in it that makes it really unique. And anyone wearing this cloak will instantly appear at the peak of their physical appearance. Like... You know, you cr- you fall out of bed, you haven't shaved in a couple of days, your hair is a mess, you throw the cloak on, and boom, it's like you spent hours at a salon. Like, you look clean, ready to go, and you know, if you use cosmetics or anything like that, boom, it's like, uh, as soon as you put the cloak on, it looks like you spent hours preparing right. yourself. So, that's why it's called the Cloak of the Monarchs, because, you know, a, a busy king or whatever doesn't have time for all that stuff so they just throw their cloak on and uh and go to work now um it's cool also the cloak will also uh, resist any kind of dirt mud grime so if you fall in a mud hole you stand up all the mud falls off and you still look as clean and pristine as when you first put the cloak on that would be a cool scene by the way you know I would, be, I would be if
1: I had one of these. I would be wanting to fall down into like mud pits all the time, <laughs> just so I could stand up. Like you stand up and it's just like running off you like water off a duck's back. It's like <laughs> like yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so also like if you have any any check um, like with dealing with people that right. involve um, using your appearance ability. In, com- right. in combination with one or excuse me your appearance attribute in combination with one of your abilities this cloak will net you one success added to that role because of um very
2: cool uh, yeah know, that is
3: cool
1: yeah it makes a lot of sense too yeah awesome that's pretty cool and, yeah i mean like you said it is i think it is sufficiently different from the uh the collar i mean it has i mean a couple of things are similar but uh but yeah, I mean, it, it it is definitely its own thing, and it's useful in a variety of circumstances, uh, which is pretty cool. So, I just really
2: yeah. like how you always appear at the peak of your physical appearance. That's that was a really neat detail because when we were yeah. trying to come up with this stuff, <laughs> I I don't know for some reason clothing seems to be like the like the natural starting point for two dot artifacts in my mind. Right. Because yeah. I was also thinking of some type of cloak or outfit or something that also kept you from getting dirty, because I also forgot about the collar. <laughs> um, but I never would have thought, oh man, this this will always make you look like you're, you know, 25 when you were at the peak of your, you know, physical appearance or whatever. That's such Ooh. a neat detail. I thought it was like 14. <laughs> Jeez.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whoops. Uh-oh.
2: <laughs> Boy, I have my editing uh, editing uh, set up for me today,
1: huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when I was fourteen, thinking like, if one day in heaven we get to choose what age we can be, I want to be fourteen. Remember that?
2: What a loser! And, uh, <laughs> and, uh,
1: but I might have been right. I might have been right.
2: Yeah, maybe. Well, on that weird note, I'll go ahead and talk <laughs> about mine. Okay. Um,
3: well, Corey had my, a mustache when he was yeah.
2: 14. <laughs> this is
3: actually true. <laughs> like, oh, man. Who's, who lit that old guy in ninth grade? <laughs>
2: so, mine is uh. my artifact is called Twinned Tomes. And it's basically a set of books that are magically tied together. And no matter what the distance between the two books is when one person writes in it it automatically appears in the other one Ooh. but additionally it will always appear in the reader's preferred language oh, so it transcends cool. all language barriers as well that's
3: pretty stinking cool
2: and finally with the expenditure of one essence you can completely erase instantaneously and irrevocably all the contents of the book. So what this is, I mean, you know, they say, what was the, I can't remember who,
1: who made the quote, but the the thing about like any sufficiently advanced technology uh, is considered magic or something like that. You know, you know what the quote I'm talking about, the famous, the famous quote about, yeah, this is, uh, these are, these are two iPhones running Snapchat is essentially what we got going on here. (laughs) No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) And if you spend one moat, you can you can have your appearance show up on the other book
2: with dog ears. <laughs> <laughs> yes This one makes my voice all high and squeaky
1: <laughs> No, but that's very cool. I, I actually mean, it's, it's like...
2: used this in uh my weekly game when we were playing it. Oh, very cool. And it was it was interesting because it was uh one of the characters stole it from Uh, a guild member who had one twinned to uh, a dragon blood somewhere and they like ripped a page out of it and I was like "Ooh, I don't know if it's going to work anymore and fortunately I never had to make uh, the decision it just we didn't get a chance to get back around to it but I thought that was interesting that he's like oh I'm just I'm gonna rip this page out so that like so an that iPhone page. Page. that's like yeah. an
3: iPhone like with a cracked screen <laughs>
1: <laughs> or when you rip the page out of one a page out of the other one gets ripped out at the same time interesting <laughs> I mean it's like a quantum entangled book <laughs> yeah so that's pretty cool. You know, you know what this uh it brings to mind and and I can't remember which game system because I've played so many different games over the years, but I can't remember which game system it came from. I want to say it's Exalted, but if one of you guys remember, I mean, I want to say it's uh, Earthdog. But if you guys remember, let me know, but there was an artifact uh in in one game system or another. It was like two coins. And you could put one coin in your ear and then you would hear Whatever was happening around the other corner. I'm almost certain that's Earth Dawn. Yeah. That was that was a sweet artifact. See, that's why I say Earth, like Exalted is like the spiritual successor of Earth Dawn. Because not because the systems are really all that similar or whatever, they're not. but the, <laughs> they're not. They're they're very different. But there's like there was a lot of feel, the feel of like the creativity of all this different kind of stuff like the evocations and the and the spells in exalted and whatever they feel so similar to the artifacts that you could unlock new powers from by by tying a thread to it and these spells that were like super imaginative in earth dawn so it was it's like the the spirit of creativity from earth dawn like got kind of reborn in exalted in a big way whereas like dnd always has this like it's always very like utilitarian you know my spell does this. It gives me a plus two to this check, or I get a plus one extra armor class. Yeah, it's like all very, very simple kinds of effects. A fireball or a lightning bolt. But you know, uh, the, things in, bolt. In it, <laughs> the things in Earth on it The things in Earth on an Exalted were very uh they're much more creative than that, you know. So anyway, but yeah, definitely very cool. Super cool artifact, Charles. Good one there. I like it a lot. And uh my design, you know, I wanted to go as like use like like many different uses as possible so i came up with something that i call the
2: immovable the rod
1: <laughs> yeah it's called the immovable rod it's the greatest thing ever you push this little button it stops moving
2: oh man oh <laughs> uh, you know you know the, the immovable rod well i guess See? wow here goes the tangent <laughs> <laughs> does,
1: does the immovable rod prove that the universe revolves around whatever world like like uh, Greyhawk, if you're in like the original D&D, just or Galarian. Don't, don't do this. <laughs> oh, here we go. How would it know? Stop. How would it know? I mean, think of all, like, you know, if, if, the, if it was just like a planet orbiting a sun, a sun orbiting a galaxy, oh a galaxy gosh. moving away from it. Like, how would the rod know to stay still in one spot? It only works in a geocentric universe. No, stop, gosh. <laughs> Moving on. What's your
3: artifact, Corey? <laughs> you like stop the rod, and then it takes off. Because, yeah, it's like,
2: like
1: <laughs> it just it, it kills like a thousand people like as it just speeds through them at like 80, six billion yeah. miles per hour. <laughs>
3: And then, was the worst idea. And ever. then once a year, once a year, the uh, the planet orbits back around, and it's like yeah, the it rod does it coming. all again. Just, yeah, the rod just just destroys coming. everything again. <laughs> there's so like this. Stupid. There's this giant clean band completely around the planet oh, where man. the rod rips through it. Yeah, <laughs> just floating out in space. Oh my goodness! Oh, this, this was such a mistake. <laughs>
1: Should have been an eight-dot artifact. <laughs> uh, destroyed our whole world.
3: Yeah. Um. <laughs> you got you got like oh, rod crossings. You know, like you come up to the road and you have to stop because the movable yeah. rod goes shooting <laughs> through space. All right, we're clear now. Let's go.
2: <laughs> Who keeps making these? Pull them off the shelves.
1: Uh, some guy tried to make a whole floating castle out of them. <laughs>
3: Destroyed yeah. like eight galaxies. <laughs> you yeah. try you try to play a game, and then somebody brings science into it. Yeah, there you go. Oh my like,
2: goodness, dude. Jeez, I'm literally uh, yeah. crying from laughing so hard.
1: <laughs> oh man, try them cry eyes, boy. Yeah. I got a great artifact for you. All right, so so here we go. The dragon boots is what I call them, and the reason I call them dragon boots is not because they're made out of dragon, or because they breathe fire out of cute little mouths at the toe line. But oh, actually, man. because I don't know it would have been cool, but because of the the term dragon lines, right, or like um, ley lines, okay, like lines of power that run from one pole to another and that kind of thing. So it, it, it calls to mind the idea of elements and sort of like the 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 building blocks of the world, kind of a thing, right? So these dragon boots, each one of them has a Hearthstone socket in it. So these kind of serve as like your as like a Hearthstone amulet would. But they give you a lot more utility than that because uh, when you slot different kinds of hearthstones into these boots, the boots take on a, a certain power based on what kind of hearthstone you've slotted into it. So a lot of multiple types of utility come from this thing. So for imagine this. You socket a firestone into the boot, right? And if you socket a firestone, then the boots would now allow the wearer to like walk across lava or any other sort of fiery surface and if it was a greater hearthstone that you put in there instead of a lesser one you could you could move faster across the the hot surface or whatever and also it adds one die of post soak fire damage to any kick attacks or two two points of uh post soak fire damage if it's a greater hearthstone so like you can imagine these boots they allow you to walk across hot things or they you know they they actually kind of take on some like fiery heat in, in combat. And so like, that's what it would do if you put a fire one in there. But if you put a water stone in there, it would allow the, the wearer to walk on water and uh, would create, or if you dove into the water and then you, you had a water stone slotted in there, it would be like a propulsion system. Just like, brrr, like push you underwater, like a little mini sub kind of a thing. And, uh, and of course, you know, faster and whatnot, if you had a greater hearthstone slotted in, if you put a woodstone in there, it, uh, this is cool. Your footsteps would grow little fruit bearing plants, like strawberries in your wake as you walk. So as you're walking, like, you know, we've seen cartoons like this, like, uh, I'm thinking of princess Mononoke as like the spirit of the wood is like walking through the wood and everywhere. The footsteps like plants grow in its wake. That's right? awesome. Yeah, Take your so shoes th- so
3: off before you come in my house.
2: Yeah, I don't want to
1: <laughs> smell the grass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, kind of the, the little fruit-bearing plants could like uh, sustain you. You know, like for a day or something. You know, because you could just like you could eat off of them, eat little berries and whatnot. But also, if you were like yeah, each one of these has like a like two different uses, right? So the other the other thing for the wood one is if you were like in a balancing type situation, uh, these things would add dice to your balance. Because little like tendrils of roots and whatever would come out of the bottom of them and like grip the surface that you're walking on, uh, which would be kind of cool. Now if you if you slotted like an air stone in there, uh, it would give you like the ability to slowly descend to the ground if you fell, you know. So you just kind of like just like kind of like feather fall or something like that. Or also, uh, you could walk on air up to about like say like six feet above the ground. Uh, if you put a greater stone in there, so like so lesser stone, you just kind of feather fall. Greater stone, you could actually walk on air up to about six feet, and then both uh, both types of stones would like triple your or double double probably for a lesser stone, triple for a greater stone your jumping distance. So give you a little extra boost there, and then like an earth stone would allow the wearer to attempt feats of strength two points higher than normal if his feet are involved in a meaningful way. So if you're just like, you know, you're getting up under like some sort of like portcullis, portcullis or whatever, and you're trying to push with your legs and your arms whatever, because you have those earth boots on, you know, they just, you'd be able to push it up uh, even even stronger. And then if it was a greater stone, you could say three, three points higher. And then also it, it could increase the overwhelming rating of a wearer's kick damage by two or by four, if it was a greater stone, so that you know if somebody was able to soak everything, uh, you'd still have this overwhelming damage because of just how hard these things hit. Boom! Right. I so, think
3: you should be an immovable man if you have a greater Hearthstone in there. You know, or,
1: that's a good. That's actually a really <laughs> good idea. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but like if somebody tries to push you or something, like no, you're just like just like rooted. You can't and that be might not actually, prone. Yeah, that actually might be a better thing than the increased overwhelming damage on kick attacks. Yeah, this is where it's just like, uh, yeah, you can't be knocked down. Knockbacks, you have, you know, it's like extra, you get extra defense against those kinds of attacks. So, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And then, you know, I, I just only kind of uh, built out, like, the the elemental stones' abilities. But you could, you could also come up with cool powers for them if you slotted a solar hearthstone or an abyssal hearthstone or a lunar hearthstone or a sidereal hearthstone. So... Um, but that would be up to, you know, player and storyteller to just kind of design some of that stuff. Or if I was writing it in a book, I'd probably go ahead and design all of the known types of hearthstones. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So but I thought that was pretty cool, you know,
3: cause like, it's not, you, it's not, like you it's, could put in a gossamer stone, like from the Fae and then oh yeah, you do have the dragon feet that breathe fire out of the, the toes. <laughs> that would, yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> they kind of come alive a little bit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I, but I thought that'd be cool because this this gives you, you know, if, you, if you're a person who has a hearthstone, uh, this not only lets you use the hearthstone, but it enhances it. Like, you know, so you get a little extra utility out of the hearthstone that you've purchased. So, you know, because like those things are expensive anyway. I mean, a four dot hearthstone, that's the same as a four dot artifact, which is crazy. And uh, so if you slot that into this extra two dot artifact, so now for six merit points. You've got, you know, uh, the utility of your Hearthstone plus a little more. And uh, and I think that that's... Like, that's why I think it's not more than a two-dot artifact. Because you're also having to purchase the Hearthstone. Right. Hearthstone so, you're basically spending six merits or four merits, yeah. depending on what I mean, that's like more or... than a Warstrider, right? So... Right. That's why I say it doesn't deserve to be like a three or a four or something. It, it's just a
3: two. Well, it's got to so, have the Hearthstone to, like, really give you some utility, Yeah. 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 Otherwise they're just like boots, you know? So, but
1: yeah. Okay. So that's pretty cool. So, so you you know, I I think as we, as we kind of design these things, what you find out, and I I said this earlier, but what you find out about designing two dot artifacts is just come up with something kind of cool and useful. And just make it a two dot. I mean, like that you don't have to spend a like like Jim said, yeah, I think it should should keep you from being able to be knocked down or something like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, let's change that. You don't have to you don't have to put a whole lot of like crazy design into these things, you know, work out all kinds of math and decide if they're balanced or whatnot. Just make something that's like cool, moderately useful, makes your character feel cool for owning it, and just slot that into your game, man. And you say, I'm not the kind of person that that's really good at you know making my own stuff and mechanics designs well hey you don't need to be that kind of person to make a cool two dot artifact i mean look at this charles already made one and used it in his game already okay so there you go and he's
2: not cool that's how low the barrier (laughs) is that even charles can do it thanks Gordon. it feels good charles feels good charles
1: who sets who sets goals of mediocrity for himself when he goes to a five-day card tournament Uh, even he but then totally totally destroys his own his own expectations, doubles his own performance expectations.
3: It's like that old Geico commercial, like, so simple a caveman could do it. You know, you remember those? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway,
1: there you go. Check those out. Use those in your game. Make some cool ones. If you come up with a cool one, I know I said we weren't going to make this like a normal challenge, but if you've got a cool 2-dollar artifact and you're hearing us talk about this, and you're like, oh, man, I just came up with one, send it in. We'll talk about it. Well, it another here.
3: thing is go look at other resources, like other role playing games. Like yeah, some of their like, Earth, like really really um, rare and interesting, ar- um, I guess, magic items would make really good two dot artifacts. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like in yeah, like a cloak of invisibility. Okay, yeah. or I could turn or that uh. into. Yeah. Immovable rock. <laughs> Actually, be careful with that immovable
1: rock. We just got the major general to destroy the entire galaxy. galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, all right. Well, uh, for our character seed of the week, I know we haven't really done one of these in a while because, well, you yeah, know, we had kind of a lot of them and it was taking up time in the show. But a listener uh, who I mentioned earlier, Chris McPeak, who sent us the Flamekin thing, he sent us a very cool. Character design this week that's not it's not like a starting exalted character with a with a character sheet. It's a little bit more like what you'd find in the adversaries of the righteous. And uh, and I think it's super, super cool. It's uh his name is uh Buzz. Was it Be- Beztup. Beztup? And I'm probably probably mispronouncing that, but but what it is is it's a blood ape bartender. Which is just <laughs> That's extremely awesome. cool. And that's he's got so like cool. uh, his, his little outfit. He's got like a little vest and uh, like a bowler hat. And it reminds me of uh, the, ori- I want to say the original, but I- I'm pretty sure that this is going to be very confusing. Cause it was confusing back in the day the the, the Ghostbusters cartoon that was not the real Ghostbusters cartoon. What? But it was like, yeah, there's there. You, I don't know if anybody knows this, but there's two different. Yeah, there was two. And the original one had like this old jalopy car. With a couple of humans and a blood ape in a bowler hat,
2: so uh, that can't be a true story. Has, it's, I, think I mean, it's it is. Through. I
1: mean, you guys got your work cut out for you today. You're gonna go watch the Peanut Butter Solution no, and gosh. the original Ghostbusters come <laughs> They had like the dumbest like little uh, intro song. It was like I mean, it's so horrible, um, especially compared to like the real Ghostbusters. You know,
3: you know.
1: but uh, but yeah, song. it's. Oh, it's so
3: great, man. So, I, love, I love this this drawing of the blood ape that he's got here. It looks really, oh, really yeah. cool. It's,
1: and he's got two different ones. He's got two. Different. So what I figured we would do for Chris, because, you know, Chris is the one where, when he sent in the flame can. I was like, Chris, man, you need to put this on. You need to put this on uh, the storyteller's fault. You know, don't just give these things away. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to put on five poles like a spotlight on Chris McPeak and his amazing uh, creations. And uh, and just kind of just kind of you know drum him up there a little bit, and if he does decide to start doing things on uh, on storyteller's vault, then you know everybody should just rush out there and get them. But we'll put up we'll put up his flamekin and his tip and uh, you guys can take a look at those. Just he's not
3: his... just a bartender; he's an alchemical brewmaster.
1: Yeah, yeah. So but he's a weird in like yeah, such a good way. Yeah, it's very very cool. It's very cool. So we'll put that up there for you guys to look at. And we've got we've had a, a, a message light blinking on the message machine for two weeks now. We were running a little short on time last week, so we didn't do it. But here we want to listen to it this week. Let's see, I'm mashing this button here.
4: Hi, deliberative gang. This is Jeff, also known as Senith House on the Deep Wild Forums. Loving the podcast. Quick note on adventure paths. I love the idea. I love the idea of the Adventure Paths, and the one y'all came up with is absolutely fantastic. The one thing that I would say is, I love the level of details that you put into it. I don't know that it would be good to completely cram that in as much as Pathfinder or some of the other people have done with Adventure Paths, where you fill in every little detail along the way. Because one of the issues I found is... You can only play through those once for the most part. Sometimes you may go back and do one, but once you've played it as a character, it's hard to go back and play the same one again. So my thought would be, what if they were to come up with a brief synopsis with some of the key details for 12 different adventure paths? So do the level of detail that y'all did. Fill in a few more of the key details, NPCs, combat mechanics that you need for different things and publish that. So you've got 12 uh, adventure paths for the East and give you different ways. So you can pick one of the ones that you want. So if you're saying, hey, we're going to do a campaign in the East, even if characters have that book, you can switch things out a little bit, move things around, but you've got all the details there without being overwhelmed. So I think that is just my idea. Anyhow, thanks much, you guys. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Well, Jeff, Uh. it's... I think you forgot to take your medication this morning. Wait, did he <laughs> but, actually uh, mean 12 adventure paths? I think what he's talking about is the uh, is you know come up with because we didn't put a whole lot of detail into you know what we created because we were just kind of like you know we were fleshing it out sure giving like a 30,000 foot view. And so he was saying, no, keep it at that level but come up with like a bunch of different possible scenarios Gosh. so that people can like kind of pick their way through. Well, if you're not providing all of the ridiculous detail of a normal mm-hmm. adventure path, like a piezo adventure path, then you could afford to create more, you know, kind of like, or you could do it this way or you could do that. So to, to let it's people true. kind of like replay. And well, I, I agree that that could potentially work, uh, in some ways. I mean, I still think that in order to build, um, in order to build like a cohesive story that has like really good, you know, like a like some really good build up to it, some really good villains with some cool uh with some cool story elements that are driving a plot forward. You would you almost have to take more of a vested interest in like one course of events, you know. Uh, Cuz if it's just if it's just a build a bear, you know, as you're like going through there, it's hard to like it's hard to get that same level of gravitas if all you did was pick and choose your way through right. things. So I don't know. That's my opinion. I mean, maybe it could work like Jeff said. Um, but anyway, thanks for the thanks for the the question, Jeff, and your in your uh, opinion also on you know whether adventure paths would be a good thing. I'm totally with you. Yes, adventure paths. Yes, always. Ev- all every time. Yes, yeah, that's uh, that's the way I feel. But um, but you know wh- one of the things that I thought about when he was uh, talking about some of that stuff and the replayability and whatnot is I've noticed with. Uh, Pathfinder Society scenarios and Starfinder Society scenarios, that there are moments in a lot of those where you let the dice determine various details about what's happening. So, uh, in one of the ones I was, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, so I got to like take for anybody out there who's listening who might also be a Pathfinder Society or Starfinder Society player. Uh, there was one I was I was looking at that was like, okay, there's this alien that you have to face what's the alien like roll roll to see what his uh, locomotion is roll to see what his natural weapons are roll to see what his special ability yeah. and then you like you kind of created this like weird oh, really alien cool. on the fly so yeah. you're guaranteed it's like,
2: to encounter the alien you just don't know what it's going to be like
1: right and also its location in the room is different like there's a table that you roll on you roll like a d4 and maybe he's like hiding in the air vents which would require you to kind of chase him through the air vents or maybe he's like down here in this hole in the floor which would require you to do all this stuff and so like that does provide replayability you know somebody else comes through here and it's not the same as it was last time you know like if you played it again and uh, also i think it provides some fun because you know rolling dice is what's fun i mean we've said that multiple times you want to roll dice right and so even the even the game master slash storyteller slash dungeon master or whatever gets to roll dice in a situation like that. Like, ooh, I get to decide what's happening. Remember when we played uh, Shadowrun back in the day? And there was that Shadowrun adventure where we, we had the fight in the convenience store? Yes. I know you guys remember this. And it was like, you're, you're firing your weapons <laughs> at the bad guys. And it's like... Your bullets tear into the shelves, producing some, and I'm rolling Blue, on the table. Sticky metal. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> that. I remember yeah. Purple, chunky meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was awesome. That was so much fun. And again, it's, it's like I say
3: when you play a role play game, it's rolling dice that are fun. You know that kind of mechanic would be really cool. Like if some characters were in the wild, because like, it's, Oh yeah. Like it's so crazy. Like, what do they see this time? You know? Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Some purple chunky
3: metal.
1: (laughs) 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 That talks. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you have that too. In, uh, in a lot of uh, D and D based games with the whole uh, random encounter tables, you know, which I've never is, once uh, used a, one of those. No, you know what's cool? Pre-use the random encounter tables. This is what I I've discovered, right? So you know that like your uh, your players are going to be traveling from point A to point B. Uh, at some point after they finish this thing that you've got prepared, so go ahead and just decide instead of like going. You have a twenty percent chance to to have a random encounter. Just decide. No, they're gonna have an encounter on the road. I want them to have an encounter on the road. And then, like, go ahead and roll on the table and and, and let that help you pick which, uh, which enemies to have them face. And then go ahead and prepare the maps and everything else for the encounter as if it were a written part of the encounter. And so I've started doing that, and, man, it's so much more fun to do it that way. It's really cool. So, um, anyway, just a little tip there for those of you who don't use random encounters very often. Well, all right. All right, well, thank you very much, Jeff, for your idea. And I guess that just about wraps us up for this week. So uh, where can folks find more of your stuff?
2: Well, you can find me on the official Onyx Path forums as Lucky Chucky. I also run our Facebook page, The Deliberative Podcast, as well as our Twitter account, at Deliberative Pod.
3: You can always find my things that I create for the Exalted Game at FivePoles.com, or you can reach me direct at my email, james5 at gmail.com. I go by the username Reform Ninja on the Onyx Path forums.
1: And for all game related things, including the official Onyx Path forums and the DeepWild.com forums, I am Numapilot. And if you have a question or an issue that you would like for us to discuss on the deliberative, please send your question to us at thedeliberativepodcast at gmail.com. And if at all possible, do what Jeff did and be super cool and record yourself asking your question or making your comment or talking about your two dot artifact that you're like, yeah, man, I made this one and it's awesome. Tell us about it. <laughs> send it in. We'll put you on the show. I gave my circle and a movable
2: rod and it destroyed my world.
1: <laughs> like, thanks a lot guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think you're okay and exalted because it's like a flat and movable plane. Mm. Although, although, okay. A lot, minor point of contention here. They state in two separate places in third edition core book that the, um, that the Mount, that the blessed, uh, uh blessed isle, but then also the, uh, what do they call the mountain Imperial mountain, the, the pole of earth. They say that it is the, the pole around which the world turns. And I was like, wait, what? Like, you? Hey guys, this is supposed to be a flat and movable plane. What are you talking about? World turns. What's going on here? And so I wrote it on like the acid devs. And they're like, no, no, that's more like figurative. Like the world, the world as in like the world of man just kind of revolves around
3: things that are happening on the blessed island." And I'm like, BS,
1: BS. That's not what you mean. Yes.
3: <laughs> the entire world is a six dot artifact. That is a giant record player <laughs> on the back of a turtle. <laughs> yeah. Floating through space being driven by elephants with an immovable rod on his tail
1: the disc world
3: yeah so um (laughs) anyway because
1: yeah i've got questions i mean like does it turn or does it not turn if it doesn't turn do the stars move overhead do they move in cyclical patterns (laughs) like how do we know what the seasons are like you know i've got like all these questions
2: let's not think about that
3: i
1: think uh, i regret the
2: direction this show is moving in
4: (laughs) 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 i think that comes
3: from some freelancers that you know that just doesn't they're, just get using, caught. they're using common parlance yeah to refer they're, they're not
1: thinking about the fact that it's a flat immovable plane right. yeah I, I can imagine that right. i can imagine that so yeah so anyway if you have an opinion about that send it <laughs> as a voice
3: recording to the deliberative podcast dot gmail.com um uh, we would like to thank jules cunningham for leaving us an itunes review thanks jules and uh if you guys have not left us an itunes or a stitcher review uh we would appreciate if you did it helps us out and helps push our show up to the top of the search results
2: so thank you jules and also we'd like to ask you to help us do more for the community by becoming a partner with us on patreon And thank you so much for listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Now go forth and
1: bring righteousness to the world as you know best. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-o. See
3: ya.